My name is Jerome Pfeffer. I'm a retirement plan consultant uh, specializing in this area for about 26 years. And I am here with uh, Dr. Gautam Vora, a uh, very knowledgeable person in regards to how to make the best of your retirement and the income that could come off of this. And I think it's very important that we go through this, but let's recap uh, from the previous podcast that we've had along the similar line. Um, Dr. Vora, do you mind explaining that or going through and recapping this previous uh, podcast for us? Sure, I will try my best, but I have a little request of you. And that is that if you think that I have not done an adequate job, or if I'm missing something, you must step in and bring me back or correct me. So given that request, let us let us begin. Because last time we tried to go over some of the important variables that are necessary to plan, not before retirement, but during retirement that what are the variables of importance that would have an impact on the income and expense during the retirement. So we looked at four important variables and then we sort of ran out of time and we postponed the discussion of the remainder to the next podcast. So this is a recap of what we did last time. We started out by looking at the yearly expense of an individual who is about to retire or who has retired. And we discussed that what kind of income he had before the pre-retirement and what kind of expense he had pre-retirement and what kind of expense he would have post-retirement. And those are sort of complicated issues because whether this individual is by himself or he has to be concerned about the next generation or previous generation and so on. So all those variables are important enough to be analyzed. And then additional complicating factor was his age, whether he's pre-65 or post 65, because at 65 years of age, one must enroll in Medicare. And that does cause certain changes in one's planning. So we discussed the yearly expense of this in soon to be retired or retiree person. And then we went to the second one and that was his yearly earned income. And this was considered very important because it so happens that on average, large number of individuals do not have enough resources to sustain their desired expense level during retirement years. So this earned income becomes important in the following sense that 
somebody, this individual may have to accept a post-retirement second job or retirement second job just to get by. And so this particular second job or retirement job does become important because then and then only we can iteratively figure out whether this individual will have enough resources to satisfy his desired expense level or not. And then we went to the third one and that was the yearly investment income because if we look at the average individual who retires in the country, then we have some idea what kind of resources this individual brings to his retirement calculation, that he has some sort of tax advantage retirement account, and he has some sort of IRA account on average with average amounts in those accounts. And we have a major task before us when we look at this investment income, because this is where his preferences or risk tolerance or any other kind of desires would determine his rate of return that he expects or he desires from his assets portfolio. So that does become important no matter how little or how large his asset pool is. And then the last time we discussed the most complicated issue of life expectancy and whether we like it or not, we are compelled to use the life expectancy table put forward by the Commerce Department and the IRS and that tells us but the complicated part is not the use of the life expectancy table. The complicated part is that majority of the individuals underestimate their own life at a given age. And what is more curious is this, that as we age on average, our number of years we are likely to live for increases. And so, this particular underestimation causes a major disruption in our planning. Under any circumstance, we do not want to outlive our money. We want to have some money so that we can live comfortably or according to our desires, and if possible, leave some money for our heirs or whatever charitable sentiment or inclination we might have. So last time we discussed those four variables and we tried to discuss them, keeping in mind a general scenario with the emphasis on being that each individual will have his own individual scenario. And there is no way to make a bold generalizable statement that this will apply to all. No. There is no such thing that will apply to all cases. And that's exactly why persons like us become useful because we look at each individual case individually. We ask questions. We try to get the information from the individual and his family and try to develop 
a plan to make the individual's retired retirement life as pleasant as possible. So does this recap seem reasonable, Jerome? Does it help? Does it uh, reflect what we did last time? I think it's very reflective of previous podcast, and it addresses all of these issues that we need to address. Um, so then let's go today to the remaining three or four issues, and then we try to close today's podcast. And as you can immediately see, whether we like it or not, large number of us individuals have the desire to leave some sort of inheritance for our children or some other beneficiary. And a very large number of us have very strong desires to leave to our charitable cause. It could be environment, it could be medical research, it could be protection of animals, but almost a very large proportion of our population desires to leave some money to some charitable organization. Oh, and I didn't include one of the most important one, and that is leaving money to educational institutions. And so this desire is very, very strong in a very large number of individuals. And so we have these two items to take care of when we talk about legacies. Inheritance for the children or other beneficiaries in the family and some sort of money for charitable causes. So that legacy becomes important in, in this way. If I want to leave some money to somebody, will that have an impact on my yearly expense because I must leave this money in one of the two forms. Either I can gift it to my heirs year by year, or I can leave them a legacy active at, upon my death. And the same thing more or less is true for charitable organization, that they will get some money upon my death. But if I have to leave some money to other persons or other organization upon my death, that will have a direct correlation to my yearly expense possibility because I will have to manage my asset portfolio such that I can leave this desired money to my beneficiaries and heirs. So that is what we call about discuss about legacy. And this has a direct impact, as I mentioned, on cash flows. And so that does become important how we are going to carry out the desires of the individual and or his family. Now, why are these five variables important? These five variables become important because we have assumed so far that this individual is going to be part of the average scenario. So he doesn't, he is not part of the high net worth or higher net worth group. 
he is part of an average scenario so he comes in to his retirement having some sort of assets either his retirement portfolio some account for ira and so on and he may be at the retirement age but with or without hitting the requirements for rmds required minimum distributions and so as one can now anticipate these variables will have a direct impact on how his portfolio is constructed or reconstructed or rebalanced because he has the need for the current income and he has the need for his legacy desires similarly when start with let me let I'm me clarify sorry. something sure. let me clarify something so at this point you're dealing with a scenario that may be um, better to put into a separate podcast for the full effect of dealing with this variable now, I want still to understand a little bit more about this here, but I think the depth, of course, is going to come at a different point. We need to probably set aside and develop an additional uh, podcast for people that may have a few more assets and may need this more complex conversation versus the average. Am I correct about that? You are absolutely correct. And it is a very good point to keep in mind that this discussion will take on the colors of more complications. The minute we discuss an individual with larger asset amount. And not only that, now we are at it, this individual this particular discussion will take another complication into picture and that is his marital status because whether this individual has a spouse and whether that spouse is earning or not and you are absolutely right that some of this discussion will have to be postponed because they raise issues which are more complicated to discuss. So we cannot cover all of such issues today. There will be additional podcasts, one for the higher net worth person and one for the marital status person, because that will have an impact on the two additional items that we are about to discuss now. And that is to discuss the tax management of the withdrawals and the withdrawal strategy. And as you can readily now anticipate, the more assets you have, or if you have a spouse with earned income, you will have to, whether you like it or not, be consciously develop a strategy for tax management, as well as for withdrawal because one of the spouses may be at the withdrawal stage while the other spouse is at still the earning stage. And so their withdrawal from these accounts becomes very important. And at the same time, whether we like it or not, 
whether the individuals like it or not, that tax management becomes important. But once again, recognize just exactly as you said, those are the issues for future podcast because they are very complicated issues. So that is the next item that we, are, we have to consider today. And that is the portfolio rebalancing, tax management and withdrawal strategy. The complicated issues will postpone. We'll discuss only in general, for example, why portfolio rebalancing is important. For an average scenario, we have to be concerned about certain amount of income from the portfolio of asset the individual brings to his retirement because his yearly expense will depend directly on how much income this portfolio is likely to generate. Otherwise, and in, under any circumstance, we will have to do an iterative process to figure out the optimal level of income his assets can generate and his optimal level of expenses he can undertake without impairing his portfolio too much. So this is a simultaneous solution that must be discussed. So we are going to be concerned about that. But portfolio rebalancing is a task most importantly handled by persons who have expertise like you, Jerome. You have spent 26 years exactly in this sort of business so that you have on average more insight into how to do this kind of work than an average financial planner who is not necessarily an investment advisor or a portfolio expert. So in other words, these are the types of issues with which you are more familiar and you can handle them more easily than and another individual can. And then the last issue that we are going to be discussing and which will start right away is your social security benefit. And we do know that how much an individual gets is determined by his employment history. So he will come in to this retirement phase of his life just as he comes in with his portfolio of assets. We do not have any control over his working year's life and how much retirement, I mean, social security benefit he has accumulated because we do not exactly know whether he is from the private sector or he is from the government sector or whether he belongs to some institution which were exempt or which are exempt from payroll taxes. So once again, his social security benefit becomes an important inflow. And depending on his work history, it will be either meager, it will be average, or it will be a tidy sum. So no matter what we do, we have to be concerned about the social security benefit. On top of it, Social security benefit after the age of 65, when the enrollment in Medicare Part A becomes compulsory or what we call mandatory, 
and once he becomes fully retired he he participates in part b and part c and so social security administration will make adjustment in the premiums that it will charge this individual for part b and for part c part d and so on and that is the adjustment to the social security benefits the individual will get so social security administration adjusts the premium and reduces the benefits by those adjusted premiums so just because we read in the newspaper that the average payment is 1700 or average payment is 1400 doesn't mean that the individual will get those $1,400 or $2,000 or $2,300. We have to look at the individual's case separately and find out his other income and the adjustment made by the Social Security Administration for the additional premiums that be charged for Medicare recipients. And so when we look at even these three, variables which were once again to mention them explicitly the legacies for heirs and charitable causes and the portfolio rebalancing tax management and withdrawal strategy and the amount of social security benefits gross as well as the adjusted all these require separate analysis and then it requires a person like Jerome and me to put all of them together to develop a consistent plan for an individual and his family that they can spend the retirement more comfortably than without planning. So does that make sense, Jerome, so far? It does. And... I think people should gather a, a clearer picture out of this information. I think they should have an understanding as to how to get started, how to give themselves a, enough information to realize that they may need more information. You know, for that, they may need to come to us and we can help. And actually, I echo the sentiment that as one can see, there are very many variables to look at. The combinations themselves are very large number. Each individual case is different. So individual and his family needs a tailor-made analysis and a tailor-made solution which will need to be updated as the circumstances warrant and as the conditions for the individual change. Because our goal is very simple. So if I may state Jerome and my goal is to make the retirement years as stress-free as possible for the individual and his family. That does require some planning and that planning requires good little bit of analysis and good little bit of number work. So given those requirements for which Jerome and I specialize and we have done for a number of years, 
Jerome's recommendation is absolutely correct that get in touch with us. So Jerome, you were thinking also in terms of providing some sort of complicated, but still easily accessible, simple numerical illustration. We cannot do a very complicated one, but you were wondering whether we can do a simplified, complicated scenario. Do you think uh, that would help? I do think that would help. And I know that we can supply those that ask with uh, information that'll give at least a report, a pretty clear report as far as all of the assets that may exist and how you can look at those assets as part of the income structure. Each person needs more tailoring than that, but at least it gives them an informational basis, gives them something to work off of. And I think we can do that and they're more than welcome to get in touch with us um, through the website, easiest way, uh, for myretirementincome.com, the number four, myretirementincome.com, will take you directly to one of our website pages. And then you can plug in some information, request an appointment, and we'll be happy to work with you. Uh, give you some info, there is no charge for an initial visit. And we can supply you with this report that'll at least give you a picture of where you are. Great. So on that high note, uh, I wouldn't mind closing today's podcast. Do you need to make your uh, legal disclaimers or we can postpone them for later? You know, we probably do need to identify that uh, securities are offered through LPL Financial. Um, and we do not offer tax or legal advice. You need to contact a competent CPA or an attorney for that. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual to determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Other than that, we look forward to talking to you. Same here. Well, goodbye until next time then. Thank you.